Cleveland Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, and like the good lady says, Locked On Browns. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd, joined here this evening for the weekend wrap-up of the AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game, and we'll get a couple of Senior Bowl prospects in before he travels on down. Uh, you know, make the trek to uh, Del Griffith uh, venture of planes, trains, and automobiles from getting himself from the great state of Ohio to the little hotbed of NFL activity for the next week, Mobile, Alabama. Pete Smith, what's going on? Um, I guess we'll start it early here, Pete. Um, was uh, you know, NFC Championship game? Uh, it, it didn't look like the Rams were going to find their way back in it. And um, look, I mean, these fourth quarters, you got to play all of them, and you know, it kind of went that way in both games. And Rams, you know, clawed around, stuck around. Um, I, one of the worst calls in NFL history, yes. It, but it seems we start to say this almost every Sunday night when we're doing these recordings, Pete. Uh, yeah, I think I think in some respects, as a, having watched so much of the Browns, like some of these are like reruns from awful calls you, I've seen. And you've it's seen a, Browns players tweet about this today. Yes. Like, yeah, what the, what's the big deal? Like Emmanuel Ogba complaining about the er, – tweeting about the uh, roughing the passer penalty on Tom Brady is spectacular because that literally happened to him with Cam Newton. But, uh, yeah, I mean the officiating call was awful. uh, But I think if you can get past that, and the Saints never, ever, ever will, um, you're going to look back and be – from the Saints' standpoint and be mad you didn't get more points – on those first couple drives when you came away with field goals. You're going to be sitting there. Uh, I'm sure Sean Payton is going to be agonizing over whether he should have or shouldn't have put Taysom Hill in the game at quarterback uh, on third down instead of Drew Brees, who's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, that type of stuff um, will be analyzed to death. I expect, uh, again, there. you know, tomorrow uh, – and Tuesday, maybe you're gonna. This, it's gonna be all about the officiating. And by the time you get to that that second day of this, or third day, it's gonna be talking about why the hell did you take the ball out of your Hall of Fame quarterback's hands? Um, and you can go both ways with that. I, I think I liked what Taysom Hill brings. I really liked the play they they got him the ball and he scored because he's a very big, big dude. Like he's 220 pounds. He's not small. He's very strong, uh, powerful player. But you know, in the same respect that, like, you know, now that the Browns have Baker Mayfield, you know, the idea that you would take it out of his hands, you know, that that's that's a big ask, uh, and that's to me that's going to be the lasting sort of thing is is, you know, if you come away with fourteen points as opposed to six, you know, the Rams may never come back. The Rams may just be down for the count and uh, go away. Uh, having said that, you know. Jared Goff, uh, you know, for all the flaws he has, and they were on display and how he deals with pressure, his ability is just a pure passer. And some of the throws he's able to make, he, he was outstanding. And and the way they were able to just torture uh, the Saints, or, or the yeah, the, the Saints with some of those plays, uh, just remarkable. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm gonna go with a, cu- a couple things. And look, as Drew Brees' career is winding down. You want him out there for every single snap that is possible. And guys, anybody who reads my Twitter, I've been on this Taysom Hill thing now for about five, six, seven weeks. Look, it's great. It's cool and all. and But he's Drew freaking Breeze. And this is why he's been so good. And this is why he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
He's one of the best quarterbacks to ever breathe in this league. Could you imagine yanking Peyton Manning out to do this stuff? And look, it's a nice edge to have, but look, you can still use him in other ways. I mean, you can still use him a traditional running back if you want to, any of that stuff, but it's one less play. Um, go back to when Dontrell Hilliard threw the interception for the Browns. You know, what did I say? Now we've gotten too cute. We've just gotten a franchise quarterback who can make every throw in the loop. And look, and it got just just let your quarterbacks do what they're there to do. If you want to split them out wide in a designated run, that's fine. Just don't overdo it. Um, also, from the Saints, I mean, from the Rams standpoint, yeah, 100% agree. Um, it seemed Goff, the game plan was there. It seemed like they were having really, really issues with the noise early. Whatever they wanted to say, it was obviously affecting them. I mean, when you got your left tackle leaning over your left guard, trying to see exactly what the center's saying because he can't hear him, and he's five feet away, it's an issue. Um, so that was interesting. I, I loved the fake punt call. Look, the Saints do this. They do it a lot. So do the Rams. And the Rams, look, it was here. Look, they kept us close by, with these field goals. We cannot let it get away here again. And it is kind of funny. Obviously, Hecker, who can throw the ball? Sam Shields was a former running, uh, former wide receiver at Miami back in the day for three years before he ended up going to the defensive side of the ball. I thought that was huge for the Rams to at least keep themselves in the game early. Right. And I hope to hell that, that Taysom Hill has a very distinguished career because if we go back like from like for five years in the future, ten years in the future, <laughs> and I really hope yeah, I really hope hope to hell it's not like a footnote of, of looking back and why the hell would you you know, who the hell is Taysom Hill and why is he in a quarterback type thing? So yeah, that's again a very nice player. That's that's a tough one, and, and it's well. It also goes kind of along the line of you know when we talk about Darren Fells, we're going to talk about three hundred to four hundred Baker Mayfield touchdown catches, it, and it's it, after a few years, it's going to be a struggle to say, oh yeah, Darren Fells from forty-seven yards out. Oh, he's 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 already to me reached Steve Hyden levels of mythology for Browns fandom. Playmaker, uh, play, yeah, just playmaker. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the if, if I was going to criticize anything about the Rams. And Dominican Sue, where where are you at? Like, I'm waiting for you to be. That's where you make your next contract, dude. That's where you get that next one year, twelve mil. Show up big in the NFC Chip. But he does like, get a rebound, though. He does get a rebound. Yeah, I mean, he 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 had a couple nice plays, but I mean, look, it's Aaron Donald, and then everybody else. But I mean, this was the dude. Like, this is what you signed in Dominican Sue to do. And I'm sitting here sort of and, – and I know uh, Jeff Schwartz was tweeting about it too. Sitting there, you know, where is it at? Like, you know, you got two weeks. I hope I hope by the time they get ready for New England uh, that, that they're going to have more out of him because that – you know, that's simply not enough for the investment that was put in on him. And the other guy, I'm going to go. Well, and also, I mean, it, it, sh- it's not, it shouldn't be anything new next week. I mean, he's played New England a handful of times. So if he can't step up then, I mean, but look, Andamakatsu chases the money. So it wouldn't surprise me if he get two tackles for loss and a sack in a Super Bowl. He's he's going to get butchered for for how he was beaten up by Kamara all day. But <laughs> I, I actually like the job I saw that Littleton dude. Like, there's only so much you can do, but for his, for him, for that guy whose entire job was running around and chasing Alvin Kamara, I thought he was actually pretty good. 
just Kamara is really just special. That that was that was a tall order for him. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean the the the, the job Goff did was tremendous. Uh, the kid out of Texas A and M who who was filling in for uh, for Cooper Cup uh, did a Josh phenomenal. Reynolds. Josh Reynolds, who I really liked coming out out of Texas A and M, was tremendous. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, for, for a team that was largely built on Todd Gurley, you got next to nothing from Todd Gurley and I'm sure he's hurt. I'm sure he also played like shit. Uh, the drops and the missed blocks and stuff. CJ Anderson was just better. He didn't, he did. I mean, yeah, I mean, but he also didn't look like he should be out there. And if that's the case, then maybe figure out another avenue. Cause if you rely on him that much, maybe it's going to open, things up if he's never on the field because the only time he was on the field they tried to get him involved and he looked like a guy who's just you know hampered it just was not there it, it, it seemed almost like it stalled them when they put Gurley in and try to use him in any capacity right so like if if you're saying Gurley is you know however whatever percent let's say 75 percent like it when you put him in there it feels like he's gonna be a featured thing so it almost like keys the defense on Todd Gurley and and he gets to beat the hell out of him, but but in that sense, that Todd Gurley had the ten yards, two drops, and he's largely been the engine of the offense. It, it makes Jared Goff's performance sort of uh, that much bigger in terms of, of of grandeur, in terms of the stage that he was the dude, and and he delivered uh, when they had to have it. So you know, this was a a big weekend for for young quarterbacks to sort of you know, announce themselves to the league on, on, on more than just a regular season basis. And I think, I think both Goff and obviously we'll get to Mahomes did that. And I think Goff, you know, has established himself as being more than just because even, even if even early in the game, there were people talking about this idea that, that Goff was basically, you know, just okay that Sean McVay's doing the whole thing. And, and you know, whatever you want to criticize Goff on it, I, I think he struggles dealing with pressure and some of the other things. But he made some big boy throws in a big boy situation, and they don't go – they aren't going to the Super Bowl with with anyone but a handful of guys. Uh, and, and that that you got to give him – you got to give it to him for that. Now, will that carry over? We'll see. But for right now, he's the man. Um, and look, these, these storylines this week are going to be fantastic as we get into it. Um, you have the young upstart quarterback, one of many in Jared Goff versus Tom Brady. I mean, and, and even my wife here again, my God, I'm sick of seeing this every time. And I think that's where all anybody outside of who roots for the Patriots is. Um, you're also going to have Sean McVay, who's supposed to be this offensive, fired up guru. And this is going to be the guy. And, you know, what are you going to go do? You're going to go basically, you know, coach against the minister of defense in Bill Belichick and everything that he brings. I mean, the storylines, they're going to be fantastic. Look, I mean, you can always write storylines for a Super Bowl, but that it's it's going to be great in that respect. Um, you know, Obviously, no, neither team ran the ball, ball very well. C.J. Anderson may be the best out of the day. Alvin Kamara, look, that's what makes him the player that he is. Even if there's not much there in the running game, he can still scorch you as a receiver, which he did. Um, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, you know, obviously headed now to the Super Bowl. Um, let's see how LA receives this. Let's see how this all goes down. 
Um, but it, it, it's going to make for a fun one. Guys, you listen to Locked On Browns podcast. Tell Surrey, tell Alexa, play podcast. Locked On Browns will follow it up for you. The Locked On NFL podcast, Matt Williamson does a fantastic job over there, guys. Um, you're going to get, you know, Monday you'll get a wrap-up of this weekend. You get Sage Rosenfels, Mike Renner from PFF, Mike Sando from ESPN. Michael do, um, Matt does his pick em and uh, breakdown shows on Friday. Does a fantastic job all over that. Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williams. Go ahead, guys. Check that out. Hey, but uh, keep in mind, this is the Spygate match. It's the rematch it's of the Spygate. The rematch. That's the story. The best, and the here's story. the best part is, but you look at it from Jared Goff's point of view, who probably had no idea of what was going on at the time. Spygate, what does that mean? What do you mean they're taping? And that's just how long ago this has been. Yeah, you have, you have Tom Brady has been around so goddamn long that they played in the Super Bowl against Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, uh, Torrey Holt, Isaac, Isaac Bruce, Bruce, Orlando Pace, Isaiah Hakim, all those guys. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the, the the safety that should be in the Hall of Fame that played corner for the Cardinals. I mean, they had... Aeneas Williams? Yeah, Aeneas He's in the Hall of Fame. That's right. Uh, Aeneas Williams, it was an absolute monster for them. Like, that. that's still Tom Brady. Like, that's, in, that's how stupid this... Think how long this thing has been going on. The, the same Tom Brady is playing, guy playing the same team in the Super Bowl. However many years later, than at least two guys who are, three guys who are already in the Hall of Fame, and at least two more who need to go. It's four it, guys. It, look, it's an incredible run, but you know I, that's about as much fun as I'm going to have. And um, I do want to, uh, you know, we'll get into it here, and we're going to have a little fun with it. But um, look, it, it, it it's just gone on forever, and you can't question it. You can't deny it. You give it the utmost respect. But, yeah, it goes to this point. It's you know almost like you know the Celtics of back in the day or whatever franchise that was just around forever. Eventually, you just root against it because you want to see new blood. Now, um, um, yeah, so um, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to dip it in here. AFC Championship. Um, it was, look, first half was not promising. It was, it was really, really ugly looking. New England came out, had their way. And, look, just as much as Jared Goff, solidified his name on the national stage here. And look, New England, obviously everybody knows, won the game. That's the way the game closed out. Uh, they did what they do. Uh, the coin toss, yes, it, it was huge. Uh, you know, New England at the time. Um, look, there is no D in Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, they need to work on it. Um, but we'll start here with, I mean, everybody loves him. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, it was just finding his spot in the biggest spot possible, second biggest spot possible, just the, the way he came through. And look, Tyreek Hill not really being a part of any of this and some great game planning. And whether it was Damian Williams and, you know, for everybody who talks about that back that maybe they'd like in Cleveland, you want to know what? Damian Williams is doing a fantastic job for the Kansas City Chiefs. So maybe it was the system somewhat, but it's not going to change anything. He's still a pain in the ass. I don't like anything he did, nor does Pete. He's not coming here. But Patrick Mahomes, Pete, it, it was gorgeous to watch. And I just wish he would have at least gotten one last run here. And, and it's got to hurt the kid deep inside that he didn't get his shot to you know, knock out the king, so to speak. Um. So there's, there's a lot with Patrick Mahomes in this game because he started out playing pretty poorly uh, and the Chiefs struggled coming out of the gate so you had that they they got almost nothing out of the first half a bunch of big opportunities they couldn't capitalize on and and this is his you know first afc championship a huge playoff game and then comes out the second half and he's great and 
he's great in situations where he has to be great and and to be put in a situation where Tom Brady just scored what people are calling the game winning touchdown with you know less than a minute to go and Pat Mahomes goes down the field and what felt like three seconds it was two plays one was a timeout which by the way thank God the Chiefs called timeout that was actually the best game management I've ever seen out of an Andy Reid coach team <laughs> that they didn't mess around and try to spike that. Because um, the last they, thing you want to do in the 59th minute of a game is tell your 330-pound offensive line, you got a whole ass 35 yards, big guy. Let's go. Yeah, well, I mean, at that point, what were you saving your, your time out for? Like, that was it was great. Like, I've never seen Andy Reid manage a clock well like that, and he, he was clutch. And then they get Maybe he was the enemy. Who knows? And then they get another play. He makes another play, and they benefit from the penalty on the hard count. It's it just – Nothing. He was nothing short of masterful on that drive, and this is a kid who's playing his second year in the NFL, um, and, and he played one game as a rookie. I mean, that's it's it's incredible. Um, I, I look. This is going to be an argument forever. I love the NFL overtime the way it is. I mean, don't get me wrong; it would have been nice to see uh, Mahomes get the ball and everything. Don't let but him I, go seventy-five yards. That's but all. I have, yeah, you know. I have absolutely no problem. I, look, I, I enjoy college football overtime for this for it being college football overtime. There's an element of it which fe- feels amateurish enough that it's fine for college and high school. I don't want what is effectively glorified padded seven on seven to determine an NFL playoff game. Where it's going to end up 85-84, for Christ's sakes. Because in the NFL, like, if your team like the Patriots or your team like the Ravens, and I don't like the Ravens, but this nevertheless, nevertheless applies, you take pride in your special teams. And to effectively take punt, punt block, those type of things out of the game feels uh, cheap to me and disingenuous. Like... The idea that you could have a punt block and the end a playoff game is outstanding, and it also puts a premium on defense. And in this case, uh, give credit to Tom Brady and the and, and Josh McDaniels and and everybody on that offense for basically saying we're taking the ball, we're going to go right down the field, and you're not going to stop us. And if you can't stop us, we win. And that's how it should be. Like I hate the idea that like this orange slice attitude of everybody needs a chance i i like the way those games played out it was it's still it still has that sudden death feel but you know if you score touchdowns you deserve to win it's not the cheapy field goal thing that sucks when you you know you go one drive you get to like the 35 and you kick a field goal to win uh which i suppose by the way we 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 left out the freaking what felt like an 80 yard field goal from greg zerline that was the longest kick I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but yeah. Legatron is back. Uh, you know, and the other part of this is, is you know, Belichick uh, was largely masterful in that first half of giving his team a lead. I, you know, I think, I think his disappointment would be they couldn't get more out of what they had. But, you know, that's outstanding. So the Patriots... You know, I, I, I give the credit, and, and I think we had it as far as what the Patriots wanted to do, which was ball control offense, and they, you know, they controlled the ball, I think, the first eight minutes of the game. Uh, and, and, and Josh McDaniels was very good about running the ball. And I mentioned, I tweeted about how, 
you know, the worry I had, you know, the worry you have in that situation, people thought it was some, some people took it as a joke. As a play caller, the, the challenge you have in that situation is you don't get bored. You're getting those three and four yard plays and you do that for a while and you can't help but feel like, let's go try to get more yardage, make a big play. And then you, you get out of what's working for you and what you need to do to sort of stymie the Chiefs. They couldn't get in a rhythm because they never had the ball in addition to what the Patriots were doing on defense. And then you got down to the goal line and they went what, – what I felt was an overly unnecessarily aggressive play-action pass that Reggie Ragland, of all people, makes the interception right? on. <laughs> like, I, 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 like I felt like this – and they did it later, but that was what you drafted Sonny, Sonny Michel for. That was that was the situation. You're on the basically on the one-yard line. Go get it. And that, you know, obviously gave the Chiefs more life than they had. I think much like with the first game, if, if the Patriots get that touchdown, you know, they go up 14, you know, that, you know, it's you certainly can't keep the, count the Chiefs out because they're just such an explosive offense. But it's the Patriots and everything they sort of bring in, ter- in terms of prestige and stuff that they can sort of make you feel like you don't have a shot even if you do, and, and you know, there's a bunch of Chiefs fans on my on my timeline and stuff like that who who thought the world was ending for most of, most of the first half. Uh, so you know that that type of stuff was interesting, and and that was one of the things I was curious to see was how Belichick was going to try to deal with Mahomes, and it was interesting. They basically just said, "Screw it, we're going to press you and see what you can do," and double Tyreek Tyreek Hill, which they did. And they basically said, you have to beat us with Sammy Watkins. And for the first half, uh, they uh, he didn't do anything. And I made a tweet about halftime. And then he yes, immediately catches a 50-something yard ball. And, and it never fails that I immediately have like eight tweets in my, in my, in my mentions. And then proceedingly – as he makes a few more plays, people going back as if I said it like after after the fact, but it's whatever. Like I'm always happy to see that people are paying attention to what I said, including at least one guy who invented a Twitter account just just to tweet at me for it. But uh, yeah, I mean that was what they said. Belichick was telling telling the Chiefs, Kelsey's not going to beat us, Hill's not going to beat us. What else you got? And you saw Sammy Watkins, and the other thing which I thought was unbelievably inspired was that was that basically the rollout backside screen to Williams yep. which was wide ass open they had everybody fooled and just easy touchdown and it, right that at that point that moment in the game you felt like oh this is going to happen the chiefs the chiefs had this uh which made that that fourth quarter that fourth quarter felt like it went two hours and not only because of all the scoring but because of the what felt like 23 major reviews that the officials had to do uh had to do i'm not saying it was like extra just they had to get go back and look at those plays and everything and and it just i I guess in a lot of ways it ramped up the tension just in that it it put just more stress on every single situation made that thing feel like it goes went forever uh and 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 just those teams going back and forth it was great you know, with the referee in the booth with him, it felt like he was the only voice you heard for the entire fourth quarter. Uh, with Gene, Gene, get back in here. Gene, Gene. You know, normally this guy, you know, once, twice a game gets up. It, I mean, it, it seemed like it became a three-man booth with him in there. Um, obviously, D Ford, I mean, the most crucial. And st- I mean, look, Pete, you coach, I've played. I mean, we've all been around it. 
you got to be a numbnuts on defense to line up offsides. Look, I can understand if you jump. If you line up offsides, it's just utter stupidity. It's just that simple. I played the wide receiver position. Are you even with the ball? That's all. That's all it takes. That's all you got to do. So, uh, look, I mean, you could have never gotten to this point. Um, for any of the Kansas City Chiefs, look, Chris Jones, the, you know, the hit to the head. Yeah, don't believe it for a second. But in the same respect, the Chiefs defense gave well up over 500 yards in this game. You just can't do that and then cry about other things at the end of the day, um, especially when you're playing a team you know that can bring it to you know, like New England. Uh, Steven Nelson, uh, great game at corner today. He's a guy I really like. Possible free agent guys, by the way. Yeah, please, if they let him out of there, guys. Somebody would probably have some interest in. But great job. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, Pete, I know I, I messaged you over it. The, the, th- the throw to Tyree Kill. I mean, the ball probably traveled anywhere between 50 to 55 yards. It was a freaking, it was a clothesline. It was not even 10 yards off the freaking ground. The th- and the, the first throw to Watkins, and that may have gotten you some more tweets when I threw in the O when you mentioned Watkins' names. <laughs> that, that, that may have brought a little more action to your timeline. Because <laughs> we're just busting each other's chops. And, and the best thing is you guys think Pete takes every... Look, guys... Pete doesn't think Cam Irving's a whole lot. Some we're just always going to stick our ground for guys that we kind of stuck up for, and you guys take it like we're telling you. Oh yes, look, he's a Hall of Famer. Look, you, we get it. There's a reason he's on a second team, stuff like that. That's, guys, have some fun with it. It's Twitter. That's the biggest disappointment. In this Cam Irving was this close to being in the Super Bowl right? <laughs> as a starting left guard. They had three or four. I, I can't remember. Was Mitch Morse actually starting in this game or was it still Ryder? Because if, no, if it was Ryder, they had four former Browns on the offensive line uh, in this game protecting Pat Mahomes because obviously Cam Irving and, and Schwartz, uh, but Andrew Wiley was on the Browns for a minute and then Austin Ryder, if he was playing... Uh, he wasn't playing, but he did garner a contract yeah, extension for yeah, his so, earlier work in the year. So you had four former Browns offensive linemen on the Chiefs' AFC championship roster with a shot to go to the Super Bowl. And the idea that Cam Irving was going to pass protect his way into into the Super Bowl is just entertaining as hell because of the amount of grief I've taken over Cam Irving, uh, who got also got a contract extension. But, yeah, um, <laughs> that it, – it was – you know that I, as much as you hate the officiating, and 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 there's every reason to hate it. Um, I, I think the overall product, at least in the second game. I mean, the first game was fun. Don't get me wrong. I think it's marred forever uh, by that that call. The second game, for all the officiating, was fun. I, I, you know, I don't think anybody's out doubting the outcome or anything. And, like and that. even for me, like, because remember, I was bitching like, when we talked about this before the weekend. I was bitching. I was like, man, I, I'd really prefer that this. New Orleans Ram game is the dinner, not the appetizer. But I tell you what, it played out. The better game to watch, the more fun game to watch, was no doubt Kansas City, New England. And 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 the other part of this, I, I'm sitting here fuming about is I just watched James White dominate, and I'm going, why aren't we doing this with Duke Johnson all the time? Yes. Like James White was a revelation in that game. Some of the catches he makes, he's just a fantastic football player. And you just sit there watching and going, we we have a Georgia back. We have a guy who can do this. Why aren't we doing this? And, and Kamara in the first game, same thing. You're sitting there going, we have a guy who does this. Give him the ball. Let him do it. Uh, but, yeah, just it, it was great. Fun weekend, even though my picks went 0 for 2. Thanks, officials. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously I was hoping the Chiefs would win. But, uh, I, I mean, I guess the other immediate reaction to this is 
this is who the Browns are going to have to go through for the next however many years. Like, like we all believe, and and I think it's fair to believe, given where the Browns are at, that the next four years are about getting to a Super Bowl. You know, and if that's going to happen, there are going to be at least one, if not many, matchups where it's going to be Baker Mayfield showing down against Pat Mahomes, like. They, he's a second-year quarterback. Baker Mayfield's a a rookie quarterback. Welcome to what the NFL is going to be. This, you know, the AFC from here on out. You know, this is it. Well, I mean, you, you mix in a little Andrew Luck. Um, just a no, couple. I couple I'm notes. not going to bother with. No, screw it. It's just those two. But when he cleans himself up, he will give him the respect. <laughs> you know, come on. I mean, look a little better, man. He's a fantastic football player. But yeah, it's just it just it there and they're going to be great. But it it just feels like. You know, the NFL went through this stage where everybody's sitting there going... Where are the next know, great quarterbacks? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you're sitting there going, man, Brady's old, Rivers is old, Roethlisberger's old. Where's it going to come from? And now you have Goff on the NFC side, uh, and, and you're hoping some of those other guys come through. And the AFC side, you're looking at Andrew Luck, Pat Mahomes, and Baker Mayfield all in, in what looked to be... Very sustainable, great positions, and if you want to throw Deshaun Watson in there, you can. I, I hope he lives that long. Um, that you are now entering, you know, another great potential age of just these quarterbacks going back and forth. And and, and but Mayfield and 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 Mahomes do look like they're they're going to have that Manning Brady relationship. Hopefully, they're you know less annoying about it. But so far, that both guys are genuinely entertaining. So it, it should be fun. And one thing I took away from this weekend, um, yeah, I think Baker Mayfield can play with all these quarterbacks in the league. A couple game notes I didn't get to. Um, you, you love, you got to appreciate football in New England where they'll pull out the kitchen sink. Wheel route to James Devlin. Yeah, I mean, you, this is <laughs> the, these are the things you got to do to continuously put yourself in these positions, and that's what New England does. Uh, you know, hat tip my dude Sony Michelle. Ran really hard today. The yards per carry wasn't there, but over you know, well over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, look, I, you know, I, I, we're probably going to call it a draw. I, I, maybe we'll, me, me and Pete will officially, you know, sit down officially, shake hands, and we'll call it a draw one day. That maybe we were both right. Both guys were good. Um, so fun with that. Uh, Julian Edelman, look, as much as he's annoying, a gnat, a pain in the ass, a bunch of big boy catches today. Took a bunch of significant hits. Guy's a real solid football player. That's part of the reason these guys are as successful as they are. Um, but yeah, it was an absolute blast of a game, and, and you're starting to see that there is life in this NFL after Philip Rivers, after Tom Brady, uh, Eli Manning. Uh, well, that life should have already ended already. Ben Roethlisberger, life after that. I mean, there's players in this league who are going to carry the position. Guys, uh, the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. As we mentioned here, Pete's headed down to Mobile as well. Um, the Locked On NFL Draft, uh, Draft podcast. John Leder, Trevor Zakema, they do a fantastic job with it. Just a great week at the Shrine Game. They'll be in Mobile this week. Um, if you're looking for something extra, too, obviously we're going to have a lot of talk here with Pete this week as well. But the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, guys. Uh, John Ledger, Trevor Sakema, do a fantastic job over there. Speaking of which, Pete, uh, obviously, you know, you've got a uh, about a, what, a 15-state travel tomorrow. Um, headed down to Mobile. Uh, look, you know, I asked you to give me some names, offensively, defensively. Look, Pete, last year you were there for one reason, one reason only. Go make sure your boy looked the part. Your boy looked the part. But now we can look at a bunch of dudes. Uh, give me some names on the offensive side, defensive side that you're looking forward to seeing down there. 
Um, offensive side, I mean, for me, it starts with Andy Isabella. Um, he's, it, I, I think it's his show. Now, the one thing that's going to make this whole deal... He's going to wreck it. Well, the, the one thing that's going to make this whole deal interesting is the forecast is rain. Um, and that could make things potentially more interesting for receivers. You know, the quarterback crap being what it is, I mean, it's a question of... If the, if wide receivers are slipping, defensive backs are slipping because it's poor turf, you're not going to get a fair assessment. Well, that, that only... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, there's going to be that part of it. I think if a guy struggles, you're going to say, oh, well, this, this, and this. I think if a guy's great, you go, hey, he was, you know, he was, he was, was able to do it. Yeah, I mean, so... I, I, but it's just it's another element that's being added to this thing to sort of yeah you know, perf- perfect world I'd rather it be you know sunny and seventy in no small part because it's outside and I'm going to be there but it is <laughs> it is an element that's going to be added to this thing that's going to be change things up perhaps and and maybe a guy like Andy Isabella is more suited for that. Because he's so quick and balanced and, and, and do all these things. But I, I do think he's going to dominate anyway. Um, I want to see Andre Dillard because, you know, no small part to Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft, having him go to the Browns, but all these people talking about, well, Andre Dillard might be the best tackle, pure tackle in the class. He's a phenomenal pass protector. And the idea that Baker Mayfield needs a left tackle, whether you believe in Greg Robinson or not. Personally, I'd rather him a right tackle, Batonio left tackle. But you know, if Dillard's great, and they get we know, Greg Robinson, we know. If, if Greg Robinson goes to right tackle and Dillard's at left tackle, fine. But what I want to see is if well, the he's one the, thing also though is is we're talking about another tackle now who's south of three hundred pounds. It's just something to think about. Well, that that is one of the things I want to see. Is he going to be three hundred pounds? Is it going to be you know two eighty five? Like because he's not six foot three. Right. So it's going to be a question of. You know, where does he wait? But if he's going to be a first-round tackle who's spe- specifically supposed to be a great pass protector, this is a week you got to be great. Um, and it doesn't mean if he's if he gets beat, it, it means he's automatically a poor prospect. But, you know, especially if the Browns, and I think in part because they are so good uh, at certain positions and because they have very pronounced needs at other positions – you know, this is a type of thing where if you're if you're trying to sell me me on Andre Dillard, he's got to be great this week. So that's another guy that that I think needs to show out. Um, I, one of the things, and I'm hoping I'll be able to track him down and ask him as well as Isabella, is how old Anthony Johnson actually is. If he's going to be the magic number of sub 24 by by draft day, this could be a great great scenario for him. Because he fits the, the the mold of an X receiver, which the Browns could probably use, and he's going to have an added, added advantage that his quarterback Tyree Jackson's going to be down there. They're both on the same team, so anytime those two are are in on the same rep, the assumption's going to be well, they've got to be good because they they have that comfort level. They don't have the excuse of this is a new quarterback, this is unfamiliar scenario. Basically, if, if Tyree Jackson and Johnson are in any rep, the assumption is they they should win. Yes. So that that becomes another interesting guy. And the last guy I'll mention is is Tommy Sweeney. I love the tight end class. I think it's stacked. Tommy Sweeney has a lot of that Darren Fells in him. He's he's a BC kid that that does nothing but play in line seemingly 
he doesn't look very athletic in terms of you know being a great athlete, but he had elite production as a junior. And you know, you combine those two things: elite production and a guy with a lot of inline experience. You know, the part of what happens is you know tight ends going against some corners and then tight ends going against linebackers. Can he find a way to sort of make it work? And then when they are in team sessions, can he get you know is he able to make an impact as a down blocker? Um, I, I, this, you know, it's a theme for me, but almost every year I want to draft the tight end. It's a stacked class. Well, I mean, um, look, even if it's not your thing this year, it is most certainly your thing. Cause it's, I mean, you're talking 10, 12, 13 guys that, you know, it, I mean, could you upgrade Norson Charles? Could you upgrade a Seth DeVal who you don't seem to use anyway? Yeah. This would be a year where you could easily do that. And, and you know, theoretically anyway you're assuming john dorsey's got an eye for tight ends and that he had Travis kelsey and obviously his time in green bay they had various tight ends so you know i'd like to see tight ends really i mean they've been renting tight ends since he's left they had one a long time ago but he did certain things in a hot tub that he probably shouldn't have done uh, without checking for an id first without without getting verification of age let's put it this way if you're if you're of age to buy alcohol you you don't belong at a prom party but go ahead (laughs) people there's a lot of questionable judgment there so those are some of the guys i'm looking for on offense all right, Pete. Um, now, yeah, look, I mean, that's the thing. And it, it's going to be fun here because we can just sit down and watch this unfold this week because there's not the pressure of we have the number one pick. We're picking 17. So even if you fall in love and look, I mean, a, a lot of the top guys with this every draft, it almost seems, you know, year in, year out is so underclassman heavy. So you're not going to be able to fall in love. And actually, guys, we're going to throw you a little underclassman party this week. Actually, I got a specific show set up, set up just for that where we're going to do some underclassmen, uh, so we'll get you that. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, look, these are some names. Offensively, look, this is where we're looking. You're looking at the tackle position. Is there someone there? And even if it's not high, even if it's mid or low, you know, you're going, and look, we keep emphasizing this. Somebody's probably going to be brought in, and, you know, almost in every spot, and, look, it could be a threat to somebody on this roster who's a fan favorite of yours or not. But we're to the point now where, you know, regardless 20, 25 names are going to be brought into OTAs. Whatever shots they have, real or not, is going to be on them. And they play their asses off and they bump somebody out. It's the way it's going to be. But these are you know, rich team problems, rich people problems. And this is where these Browns are looking to get to. Pete, obviously the defensive side of the ball. Um, look, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of the, the you know, the defensive tackle group, a lot of them underclassmen, not going to be there. But some names you're looking for the, uh, on the defensive side of the ball down in Mobile. Right, so even though they've had a bunch of guys drop out, as as is the thing, the pass it's rushers. Good. Well, the- here's the thing, Pete. When you're at, the, if you make the press conference, I want to hear how Nagy handles it, because Phil Savage you, was never too thrilled when people were pulling out late of the game. Well, what he what he would do, he got. I guess he got. He got snarky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he when guys. He he wasn't happy when guys came up with weak excuses late. That was that that bugged the crap out of him. So yeah, that would that will be interesting with Nagy. Uh, but even though you had guys like good Josh Allen drop out and DeAndre Walker who who may be still injured, uh, those guys drop out. The pass rusher group is loaded. Uh, there are just yep. an obscene amount of them, and and the guy who who may be the best. The bunch, and, and I think the Browns should have a lot of interest in, is Zach Allen from Boston College. Um, 
if you're somebody who likes a traditional base end who can do some stuff, uh, Zach Allen's your man. He's, you know, weight again is going to be interesting for him, but he's built like a somewhere between a JJ Watt and a Cam Jordan type. Um, and I think he's a guy you can move up and down the line. I've actually been more impressed with him as a defensive tackle, but I don't, you know, I, I think he's going to be on the edge, uh, and he's a good football player. And 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 that's, you know, this is a good week for him. He elite elite production as a junior. Um, when when uh, when Landry was gimpy, um, and, and they just keep producing these guys who are just tremendous football players. Uh, uh, the the linebacker class. I don't really have anybody. I like uh, I like Tavon Coney from Notre Dame, but I think the Shrine game got all the good linebackers. So it seemed, or, or or the linebackers that would fit the Browns better. Well, I'm just looking at from production, and you know the Shrine games had better production. So I mean, these guys may be better athletes. We shall see. Um, so I'll go to corner. One of the guys I'm really interested in uh, is Chris Boyd from Texas, and I don't know where. People sort of are projecting him. All I know is he's big, he's fast, and he's super physical. Uh, he, if, if the Browns continue their trend, and I don't see why they wouldn't, of getting uh, defensive backs who tackle, Chris Boyd for the past two years has been a guy who finds the football, is aggressive. He goes hard downhill getting off blocks and those type of things. And I think straight line speed, he's very good. Uh, but what makes the senior bowl – useful is you know for big long corners and he's going to be a guy who's probably about six foot we'll see uh and 200 some pounds is it tends to expose hips because you can't press in practice and he's a guy who loves to press he does have experience off but on tape and some of the stuff you can sort of see where when he's not super confident or or he hesitates or whatever that he there looks to be a little hitch in his get up and uh, he can get beat. So, you know, this will be an, an interesting scenario for him to, to try to showcase good hips. But there's a lot of long corners in this draft who have good production profile. And the name you're going to hear a lot, especially if he tests well, is Justin Lane from Michigan State. Um, oh, who's, how you do, oh, how you do this to me? <laughs> but uh, who's a Benedictine kid from, from Cleveland. And, well, and guys, here's two reasons I keep bringing up Isabella and Payne. And look, you know, Pete as well. They're Ohio kids. You can bring them in for an official visit, and it doesn't count as an official visit. They, they are local kids. Yeah. Um, but that if he tests well, you know, if you haven't heard his name much, I know it's been mentioned on this pod, but if it's, you're sitting there going, why don't I see this, you know, mentioned a lot? If he is expected to test well, his production is elite to the point where – if he basically walks the 40-yard dash, he should at least still project as a quality starter. Um, and, and Chris Boyd's in that same boat. But he's like, you know, six foot three listed. We'll see what he actually is. But So you're you know. talking at worst six one and a half. So that's good size. It's damn good size. So And other know, than Denzel Ward, that seems a premium that they put out last year. They wanted corners with size. Those were the guys John went after, obviously, uh, you know, uh, other than the selection of Denzel Ward. And, and certainly TJ Carey is something that they have, and it doesn't. It means they don't have to force it. But I, you know, this draft is just going to have a lot of of those type of corners. And Chris Boyd is a guy who has the potential to really uh, make a name for himself. And again, you know, I don't know where people are ha- have him, but j- in general, senior bowl guys tend to be, you know, 
more thought of as the first two days. Um, but anyway, continuing, uh, the guy, a guy who's, I think has gotten slept on a little bit, um, who got a lot of buzz early. He's been overshadowed by his teammate, Jeffrey Simmons, who's an animal, uh, in more ways than, than we'd like. Um, has taken a lot of the press from him. And then you have good Josh Allen in the same conference playing the same position and, and DeAndre Walker, who was phenomenal as well. Montez Sweat still plans on participating. You know, the weight is going to be a question, but it's a draft full of these undersized pass rushers. He gets around a corner fast. He's really long. At least he's listed 6'6". So we'll see what he actually measures. But... You know, in, in in a draft class with with good Josh Allen, with, in, with a Brian Burns, with with a guy I like, like Polite from Florida, and I I, I don't know if it's Shakai or Jackie or whatever, um, but there's a lot of these super undersized edge rushers, and Montez Sweat has sort of because he's a senior, I think, and and because he he's been overshadowed by these other guys, that I think this becomes a week where, you know, he could really sort of re-energize and, and this doesn't really mean anything other than for buzz and talking about it but re-energize sort of people being excited about him and you know I, and i i firmly don't get me wrong I, I want the browns to be more effective against the run and that's why i like guys like zach allen but i do believe that the browns are going to be a team that's going to start playing with leads you have baker mayfield he's only going to get better as that offense gets better you know, you find yourself in more situations where it's the fourth quarter and you're protecting, you know, a lead. You want more guys who are just going to get the quarterback. Uh, you're up 10. You're not worried about stopping the run with, you know, five minutes left in the game. It's we got to go get the quarterback. We got to go get you know, whoever. And a guy like Montez Sweat has an opportunity to sort of distinguish himself. And, and I think the Browns need to get you know, to a point where, and I, I use the Eagles as a model for this, they need about eight guys they can count on to, you know, be quality defensive linemen. I think they need a lot of help at defensive tackle. But, you know, if it's third and 11 and the Browns have a situation where they can put Miles Garrett at the three, either Ogunjobi or Ogber, whoever, let's say Zach Allen for argument's sake, at the one, they have Jannard Avery at one end and they have a guy like Montez Sweat or Polite or, or or any number of these other guys, and you're saying go get the quarterback, that's a good situation. And if you look at the Browns, they had so many turnovers early in the year, um, and some of that was you know just happenstance. I mean, the Steelers game was fluky in the sense that they had so many. But that was when Larry Ogunjobi was fresh. He, had, he was playing his best football. That was when Miles Garrett was fresh. He was playing his best football. That's not a coincidence to me. And I think as the Browns can get more guys to play – they can get more guys to rotate, keep guys fresher, that the pressure keeps up, and hopefully they don't have a guy like Terrence Mitchell break his wrist, that they have more guys with like Randall, like Mitchell, like Ward. Like I think a guy who's going to benefit a shit ton from all this would be Joe Schobert, who I think is going to be a, a turnover machine if they get everything right, that you have more guys who are just able to benefit from causing turnovers. Guys feel pressure, they are more likely to make mistakes, and the Browns have are, are – adding and i hope they continue to add guys who can punish them for it so you know the, the week just has so many pass rushers and that leads me into jalen ferguson yeah um la tech la tech which has produced a lot of nice players as of late they've had a really nice run xavier woods being you know a nice player that for some reason went in round six um that's been you know a, a standout for the cowboys they up uh, taewon taylor 
Um, has been a really nice player for the Titans. Carlos Henderson, eh, not working out so much for it right now, but a lot of guys. Uh, Jalen Ferguson has obviously do- has absolutely dominated the past few years, but not unfairly. The question is about competition. LaTeX has not played much of anybody other than like Mississippi State. It seems and, like every small school prospect yeah, has yeah, played Mississippi no, no. State. <laughs> Not only that, but it feels like Mississippi State has the two most garbage SEC tackles. And it's just these kids just beating the shit out of them. So uh, a guy like Ferguson, you know, who's getting some rumblings now in the first round. Uh, again, Daniel Jeremiah had him his first round. This becomes an opportunity where, where instead of whispers about, well, you could go in the first round, it's now – he has a great week, and he should. I think he's got really, really nice hand use. Um, that it becomes well, he's in the first round. You know how high is he going? Which, by the way, is not a bad situation in itself. Um, I think Zach Allen could legitimately be in the conversation for the 17th pick if everything goes like you know he pans out. But if Jalen Ferguson bumps himself into the first round, if you looked at that mock draft that he did. And Jeff asked, I don't know if he got an answer, uh, but he, he noticed. He does. He didn't get to that one. I, well, I'm the one who trolls him. I, he knows I asked nicely. He's well, been on the show. He'll be sure. back on the show. He's, but and, and look, it's, it, it's a mock draft in January, uh, which means it means very little. But he is plugged in. And the fact that he didn't have guys like, I don't Polite think. Polite or Burns. Polite and Burns. I don't remember if Sweat was on there or not. But. You know, O'Shane Zimenez, who's going to be in the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, so if Jalen Ferguson goes in the first round and some of these other guys are bouncing to the second round, let's say the Browns take an Andre Dillard or, or a guy that I really like if he tests right, TJ Hawkinson, and they say, oh, well, the, you know, hello, sweet pass rusher. And it becomes a situation like last year where Harold Landry falls into their laugh and they mistakenly laugh and go, oh, we don't need one of those. Three and, times. <laughs> and, and and I I actually like Corbett. I don't want to hear it. I I, I know people are already going. Oh, you're starting sucks. But in any case, uh, that the, the Browns do find themselves because there are just so many nice pass rushers in this class, and they can't all go in the same way that that receivers can't all go. That somebody falls to them and they basically sit there and go, oh, this nice pass rusher came to me. We could really use one of those. There's no bad situation from everybody doing well. Somebody still has to fall off. So. Uh, those are some of the the posi- position players I like. The one thing I would note is just from a football fan standpoint, safety is really, really good this year. Um, the kid from Mississippi State, Abram, and then the kid who's the best safety in the class, bar none, Juan Thornhill, should both put on a show this week. But you know, this is it's it's funny. I, I love the safety position in general. And the Browns just don't have anywhere to put them, uh, short of maybe adding a fifth guy. Because I'm hoping you know they they resign Calhoun, but uh, you know just randomly if you're watching the practices and stuff for the game and and you see guys like one Thornhill and and Abram dominate, uh, don't be surprised. Well, there also is the other fact of I mean, look, you know Kindred and Peppers. Now look, there's going to be a whole new defensive coaching alignment. Kindred Peppers, somewhat similar. Do they, you know, obviously, you know, Peppers is not going to be the one moved on from. Do they maybe move on from Derek Kindred, where it does become something you're looking forward to? Because, look, Wilkes, who does like his cover, too. And here's where I'm going to give you two names. Um, for me, two, you know, I put this out in a tweet the other day. Byron Cowart, um, he's going there as a defensive tackle for Maryland. Spent a bunch of time at Auburn. Uh, he was a mega recruit. Um, nothing really ever panned out for him. 
Um, this is, you know, now this is a guy who was a five-star player. Um, do you not want to go day three? Well, go down to Mobile and play your ass off, and you have a lot of talent. You, it, it, It's just God-given. Go down there, show something, get yourself into, you know, day two. Another name I'm going to give you from USC, Amon Marshall. Um, here was a guy, another mega recruit to USC. Huge name. Not okay college resume. Eh, type of thing. But um, there is a lot of talk about maybe a, uh, you know, he's a guy that can do both, similar to Bodie, uh, Body Calhoun. Uh, can play some corner, could play some free safety. So if you're looking for nickel and dime, you know, a guy that can do that stuff. So, Pete, I'm going to ask you to put Byron Cowart and Amon Marshall in to uh, under the lens for the week. Well, um, Amon Marshall I w- I would, is a guy I'm already looking for, and that's because even though he's been quiet the last two years, um, he actually had elite production as a sophomore to the point where I did a mo- that way too early mock draft, and he was my sec- he was my second round pick based on what I thought was going to be, you know, a good junior year, and he actually he had all the markings for uh, production wise, yep. so he's got that in his pocket. It's a question of can he do enough, and he's another long corner, uh, but it, the year uh, that. Uh, People were criticizing the hell out of Dory Jackson for reasons I still don't know. Um, he had elite production on the other side. So, again, another one of these bigger, longer corners. And, and with him, I, I'm almost curious if it's going to be a weight thing, um, uh, if he's going to be you know six one or something, but like 100 and you know 80 pounds or something. That 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 I'm more curious about. But. He's a guy who's done it. It's a question of can he do it on a consistent basis. And and the thing is, this is this is one of those situations where you know a guy like Marshall or somebody like that comes you know when money's on the line type thing. And this is not a criticism, though it does it has happened where you get some false reads. A guy like Amon Marshall potentially comes out and dominates for a week, uh, and 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 people start going, oh maybe he should be you know whatever round pick and stuff like that. So. You know, it's it's just an opportunity for guys to either confirm what you've already been seeing about them, or maybe change the narrative about them, or or you know just uh, or find what the reason shit. was, or find yeah. what the reason was. What, what right. went wrong for this guy? Um, I mean, for a guy like Marshall, it could be the fact that you know the USC program is not the USC program that it is. Um, but I guess we've put a bow on it here. We're going to let Pete get to bed. He's got a bunch of stuff to do as he makes his travels out tomorrow. Um, we're going to go ahead and um, you know, we'll have Pete on a bunch this week here. We'll go over you know practice reports and you know guys that you know caught fire from the day. Before we actually sit down and record, Pete, guys, if you're following through Twitter, you'll probably pick up on these names. And look, you know, I'll open it up every day, probably about lunchtime. You know, mention that we're recording with Pete. If there's a name you saw through tweets or whatever, Pete's going to be there. We'll talk about that. Um, obviously, we hit the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship game. Um, follow Pete's work over at NFL Spin Zone. Follow him at Pete. Smith, you know, at Pete Smith. Uh, the show at Locked On Browns. Always a follow back account, guys. Do you know? Go ahead and do that at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Go ahead, follow me there. Uh, iTunes uh, ratings and reviews always appreciated and extremely thankful for them. Um, we're going to put a bow on this here, guys. But look, we got everything here. Uh, one game left. I do not count the Pro Bowl, guys. Uh, I have no idea what time it is next Sunday. So, uh, you know, maybe I may stumble into watching it. But uh, we're two weeks away from the end of the 2018 NFL season. And like I'll always tell you guys, nothing in the world goes faster than the NFL regular. The NFL season flies by in a blink, even though it's weekly and it carries you over 20, you know, 21 weeks. It, ins- it flies by like a snap of the fingers. 
Um, I just do want to appreciate you guys for everything. This has been your daily delivery of everything Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.